It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. With regard to Phil's comment about Christmas, I thought, I did think, and I, and I had this on my screen. I don't know if you guys can see this. See I see 8.38 p.m. It, it looks like a, a oh, goose. <laughs> yes, it is. Is it a I goose? With, if you, uh, I can't really see it. It's blurry. Yeah. yeah, it's because you got your background blurred. If you turn the blur off, we'd be able to see it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It is the goose who laid the golden egg. Mm. Oh, okay. And so one of the things I, I thought about uh, you know, the Bible says, give, it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap, Luke 6, 38. But I think a lot of people don't realize the responsibility of giving, that there is a responsibility to it. And uh, one of the things that when you mentioned Christmas, like there's a risk, there's, you can... You know, people often will say, oh, you can't outgive God. Well, that's true. But he's also not having the expectation all the time that you um, that you give away seed that you're supposed to plant either. Right. So there's a there's a uh, an expectation of, of giving and the responsibility of that. So and, and it kind of goes like this. The old adage, this is this is the goose that laid the golden egg. If you, you can always give the eggs away, but if you give the goose away. You've given your authority to help away. Mm, and so you've given your you've given away the power to help. So sometimes God gives us a goose and we feel so guilty about having to give all the time that we'll give away the goose. And then we'll wonder why we don't have we wonder why we don't have the the supplies we need. Mm. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. See, I thought you were going a different direction with that, but that is very interesting. So can you give an example? Well, I think I think when if God if so when God gives into our household, okay, so let's think about like Second Corinthians nine. I'm gonna I'll give you I'll give you these examples right here. Second Corinthians nine, Paul gives a sowing and reaping principle. Mm-hmm. He tells us that the Father gives to us seed to plant, and the increase in harvest. So he's giving us both the seed and the harvest. Okay, so here's the understanding. If we understand what a farmer has to do, he understands the responsibility of giving very well. And we just actually, like we experience the benefits of it. Like we go to Walmart, pick up food. We know there's some farmer out there who understands God's principle in this. (laughs) Yeah. And we, at least we hope they understand it, because otherwise that food's going to disappear. Hmm. But the reality is the farmer has to think on three things. He has to think about that he has to plant the seed. When he harvests it, he has to give to himself enough to live on from the harvest of that seed. Mm-hmm. He has to be able to take some of that and hold it back so that he can plant again 
next season and whatever's left that's the increase of harvest so he can give that away so what happens is i think we see a lot of times in the christian world and i think you see this a lot at christmas and which is why i think people get depressed and upset about it and all this kind of stuff is they feel the need to give so much or they give this or they feel guilty about that or whatever that they actually will cause a lack of need in their own life or they'll even give away the seed that they're supposed to be planting to receive the harvest so they go beyond that and so in in that sense there's a there's a responsibility in understanding how god is giving to you so that you can give to others mm. now they the so that's that's kind of the 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 biblical understanding there and then i'll give you a story that i heard a missionary tell once and how important this was uh there's this there's this group of people that all they get every season is just enough and so what happens is they eat out of the harvest and they literally can plant but they usually have just enough for the people who are in their community well it gets every year it gets real close because they start getting hungry toward that time when that harvest is supposed to be coming around right well this one young child goes up to their father and they say father i'm just so hungry and the father said well it's coming don't worry there's you know we're going to plant and harvest just like we always do well the child goes into this room because they they're like looking for the food that they need the child goes in this room and stumbles on all this food and he comes out and he goes dad he goes i found it i found all the food that we need and more he said no what you found was the seed if we eat that we will starve so he had to train his child that it's better to wait for that harvest to come than to eat the seed. <clears throat> and so there's a danger in, in, in not giving correctly. And so uh, learning to give. And then, and then a lot of people don't understand it because, because we either feel guilty about giving or not giving as opposed to giving out of the spirit-led giving we're supposed to have <laughs> right so you know guilt's not from the lord right? right give cheerfully give cheerfully to the to the lord's kingdom but give out of how he's giving in through your household right let it so that it'll flow that'll keep flowing mm, okay then <clears throat> you could also fall into the trap of well, you could fall into a couple of traps here. Like you can give too much thinking that I need to give more, you know, out of the guilt or whatever and give away your seed. But also you could fall into a prideful trap and that your giving is from you and not from the Lord. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. And I heard a pastor the other day, I was listening to a podcast and the pastor said, if you're not giving 10%, you're stealing from God. And I thought, wow, that's that, you know, because basically the point was the point that they were making was 10% is expected of you because it's scriptural. 
So 10% of everything that you receive is expected from you. And if you don't give at least the 10%, you're, you're basically stealing from God and you're actually supposed to give beyond the 10% to, to further, you know, bring about, you know, um, I, I don't know what, I, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but sure, you're supposed to not limit yourself to the 10%. Now, you guys might disagree with me, but what's the 10%? Is it just money? Because that's not biblical. <laughs> because yeah, and- the, tenth, the tithe was, you know, what you're getting from God. Am I wrong or am I right about that? That's an interesting point. So you're saying you, that we should be giving uh, time, energy. Skills, uh- gifts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the scripture that everyone always quotes is the Malachi scripture. Malachi, right? right. Bring, yeah. Bring all the bring all the tithe into my storehouse that there would be meat in my house and prove me now with here, save the Lord of hosts. If I will not pour you out a blessing, there's not room enough to receive. Right. Right. And of course, the reason they talk about robbing from God is because that's what he's telling the Israelites that they're doing. Hey, you're robbing from me. Um, Jesus does have an expectation that we tithe. Like some people say, well, tithing shouldn't even be a New Testament principle anymore, but you can't really say that. Jesus actually comments on it. Yeah. And he he talks about, there is a, the whole point about tithing is really the understanding of that giving principle. God is a generous God. And so he wants us to reflect his generosity. Uh, and so there's a, but there's, there's also another, like, but if you notice, like God is a generous God, but we still have people who are poor, mm-hmm. hungry, right? Things like that, because there's also a responsibility to giving and there's a responsibility to the obedience of that in that spirit. Let Paul tells the Corinthian church in chapter 16, he says, Hey, you know, when I come, make sure you have your gift ready. Now they're going to give an offering that he's going to take to the Jerusalem churches who are suffering. Okay. Right. So so but but his point was, okay, well, just whatever you put in your heart to give, you're going to give now. So there's so there's always this there's always this understanding of generosity that the church should have. And then this 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 whole thing about tithe, though, is people it is a 10 percent. But, yeah, I don't know that it's just because it actually says it's it's a 10 percent out of your increase. Right. So however God increases you. Exactly. The easy one is the the money, right? And, and I'm not like saying it can, shouldn't be part of you it. You can literally, you know, write that write that out on paper. Okay, I can I can figure out the ten percent easy on that. Yeah, but, but I certainly think we rob God with uh, when we don't serve. Yeah, when we uh, I think Paul alludes to that fact with the uh, First Corinthians twelve. If one part of the body is sick, we're all sick. Mm-hmm. Like. So you can, I think you can rob God in a lot of ways, and especially in the time we live in, the Holy Spirit, what He gives to us freely, yes, we should be giving, giving back somehow, somehow be giving out to that. Yeah, because you know, going back to the whole pride thing, you know, you start to realize you've got a gift, and you start to use it, and you and you realize, hey, yeah, God really is doing this, and if you keep it to yourself, like. It, I look at this great gift I got and I'm going to, you know, I'm using it, but the mm-hmm. idea is to edify and build up 
the rest of the body with what God has given you. Mm-hmm. So if you keep it for yourself, you're robbing God. You you could it could be a very prideful thing, and you'd be like the the guy who had all the grain in the storehouse, and God said, "Big dummy, you're going <laughs> to die tonight." <laughs> yeah. The rich fool. Yeah. I, so. Yeah, I really feel like that parable's for Americans uh, in a big way. Yeah, because it is. Mm. It is. I mean, it's. It just. The guy sounds like an American. He yeah. just sounds like. I mean, in the story, it's like I'm going to build this retirement, and it's going to be great. And the quicker I can get it built, the better, so that I can just relax the rest of my days, enjoy my living, right? And then Jesus is like, "Well, that'd be great, except tonight you die. So <laughs> now you did all that work, and you know, who's going to get it then? Right? It won't be you, right? Right. But of course, the the issue is. Uh, like I don't, I think I think God is against poverty, but He's also not for um, situations where we are just living for wealth. Yeah, right. It's, there's a balance in there, and again, that it just go, it just go, there's a balance and a responsibility to what we have, what God has given to us, and how we use it. And that that generosity and that giving, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this Christmas season, we've got to learn that. I, I think a lot of people will overextend themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I think this time of season we put things on credit cards and then it's like we get upset when the debt's not paid or something like that. And it's like, well, wait a second. Is that really what God wanted you to do? And so, you know, so I think there's there is just a responsibility to it that we've got to see out of the scripture. And I think yeah. about go ahead, Chad. No, I was just gonna say real quick, I, I, I think about what comes to my mind is how Peter gave, you know, he basically said, I, I don't have money to give you, but I will I will give you this. And he prayed, you know, for healing and and healed the man. Well, he didn't, but you know what I mean. God did, but mm-hmm. he gave he gave his 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 faith and his uh his time and his energy and God responded. Yeah. That's right. And there's there's kind of two things that play. I mean, there's there's things that play into this, right? Like usually you see God's principles, they they kind of overlap, right? So not only do you have this principle of giving that God wants us to be generous. And I think he wants us to be generous in every way. But I think that again, there's that responsibility to that. But I think also that law of use. How are you using what God has given you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the parable of the talents, right? So it's kind of like, right, right. wait a second. And we always look at that. And you know, if you know the parable of the talents, right, you get these three guys. God gives it. Well, the master gives to them three amounts. Uh, depends on which version you're using. Some of them get all the same amount. Yeah. Uh, depends on if you're in the Luke or Matthew version, right? And so the... But they they do what they do, right? They just go about and and they do what they can for the master and they produce more, except for one guy. The one guy buries it. And if you read at the end of this, it's almost like it's like the master's kind of cruel. Like when we read this, we go, man, that's just that's not nice. Because what happens? He gives that he gives that whatever he was given, he gives it back to the master. See, I buried this and now it's yours. I I made sure that I didn't lose it. Mm-hmm. And the master looks at him and says, you wicked, slothful, lazy 
servant. And he takes it from him, gives it to somebody else who has more. In our mind, we immediately go, what? Yeah. The one, the one talent, right? The, the one thing the guy had and the master takes it. And we're thinking, how cruel is that? Uh, see, that's the kingdom is run off of principles and God is watching how we handle what he gives to us. And to, to whom much is given, much is required. And if he can trust you with little, he can trust you with much. So there's a responsibility and a use to giving and generosity. Um, I, I no longer give, you know, unless the Holy Spirit specifically tells me, I no longer give to those guys that hold those signs on the road. Yeah, same. You know, I will, you know, I'm, you know, in the, in the sob story. Now, I might get some hate mail for this, but I've just, I've just decided in my life, I'm going to take ownership of listening to the Lord and how he wants me to give. Yeah. Because the reality is sometimes we see the signs and we just let it pull our heartstrings. But if you're a pastor, <laughs> your heartstrings are pulled all the time. Mm. You yeah. hear lots of sob stories. Oh, gosh, yes. And sometimes it's of their own making, and sometimes it's just situations that happen to them. Mm -hmm. But in all of it, you have to judge what you're able to do, what you're willing to do, what God wants you to do. Yeah. There are some, and Phil, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there are sometimes you'll hear a sob story where God does not want you to do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. For that person. I, and you I, know, you know, I, it pulls your heartstrings. Yeah. But it's just as spiritual to say no. Yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> when I was younger and first became a pastor, I could have bankrupt the church I was at if because of every sob story I heard. And <laughs> it was getting close to that until the Lord stopped me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So now I'll listen, pray for them. And if God says, help them, I'll get them help. Otherwise, I'll you know, mm -hmm. say, try, try calling this number, try talking to this church, e especially we get it a lot in Belair. And God was very specific to me once, give them food, send them elsewhere if they want money. And that's what I do. And people come asking, can you pay my rent? Can you pay my electric bill? No, but we can give you food yeah. and give them all the food they want. And sometimes people will take the food. That's when I know that they really are in need. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll just walk out the door and we may or may not see them again. Right. Oh, I'll give you a situation that happened here. I've, I've heard of a church doing this and I'm not going to name the church. I'm not going to name what happened but, or, or as far as who the church was. But I thought it was a brilliant idea, actually. But they basically had a food bank and they were running a food bank. They would have hundreds of people coming. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And they said, well, we got to do something about this. Like, what are we going to do? And so um, they decided this is what we're going to do. If people really want food, then we're going to ask them to work and mm -hmm. commit three hours out of their day. If they will commit three hours to helping us around the campus and do some do some work that we can have for them to do. We will give to them as much food as they want. Three hours. 
Yeah. Right? You do know they had to shut the food bank down because nobody came? Really? <laughs> wow. Nobody came. Nobody came. What that means wow. is there's there's a lot of people who aren't in as much need as they think they are, mm-hmm. especially in America, mm. who are going from place to place mm-hmm. living off the handouts. Mm-hmm. And that is not good. Now, I'm please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, that we don't help people out. I'm not saying that we somehow just turn people away all the time. I'm saying there's a responsibility to it. Yeah. That there really are people out there who aren't actually in as much need as they make it sound out. They they are using this to they don't have the pride that we have, right? They don't have this pride of begging for food. They're okay with begging as long as they can get it. And there's actually, yes, even professional beggars. Mm-hmm. who make yeah. quite a bit of money. <laughs> so yeah. people just need to be aware that this is a real thing. And so, uh, but yeah, uh, it was unbelievable. They actually shut that food bank down because everybody quit coming. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, wow. cause they just, they didn't want to work for the food, which by the way, shows a spiritual problem, right? Like yeah. there's a, a spiritual problem there. So, you know, it's, it's things like that. We got to realize and before people get really upset about that, think about what Jesus said. Judas tried to say this, didn't he? Yeah. That the lady that broke the expensive ointment over his feet, and he's like, man, we could have sold that. We could have given that to the poor. And Jesus called, and he said two major things that were very important there that we've got to pay attention to as believers. One, you, you always Judas, have the poor. really concerned with the poor? Yeah. Yeah. That's question one. He, and he immediately picked out Judas's motive. Oh, yeah. Are you really concerned with the poor, Judas? Well, as the treasurer, I see what you're seeing, right? You're seeing a lot of nice money coming into the bank that you could use for yourself. But that's not what's going on. So Jesus was okay with her using very expensive uh, ointment on him. He didn't have a problem with that. Okay, and and because we we sometimes see like that's those kind of things are problems. We immediately assume rich, bad, poor, good, and that's not a moral equation, right? Um, and the second thing that he said, he said, uh, so so Jesus, are you really concerned about the poor? And the second thing was, uh, the poor you will always have with you. Mm-hmm. You will not always have me. Mm-hmm. Right. The priority had to be had to be shifted. So the church exists not as a place to just fund the poor. It exists as a spiritual light to the community. So that people will be transformed and saved, that they'll have a place to gather to worship. And that the community would be changed from the inside out. When we boil down Jesus's gospel to just feeding the hungry, we we miss a big portion of who he is. So, uh, you know, uh, and, that, and it's not that that's not important. There is a responsibility to all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So what I'd like to say to all those who are doing their Christmas shopping, all those who are going out doing these things, before we get competitive on Christmas gifts, before we decide we're going to put a bunch of Christmas gifts on on our uh, on our debt, right? In our debt, ask the question: What would Jesus do? How would he shop at Christmas? Would he buy a gift or make a gift? Would he, if he bought a gift, what would the gift be? All right. And some of us are buying gifts just because we have to save face and we got to buy this gift. And then that person ends up re-gifting it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, right. So there is a, there is such a responsibility to that giving. And so, you know, as believers, it's okay to be that. And, and we just got to remove the guilt away. We, we cannot help everybody. And it's not our job to. Right. That's the Lord's job. Our job is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and do what do what we can. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still thinking about don't give away the seed. Mm-hmm. That could have a lot of meanings. Mm-hmm. When you but- give away when you give away the goose, you give away the power to help. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was a Dave. That's a Dave Ramsey principle too in one of his books. Is it? So, Bill, were you, you going to say something? You looked like you. No, you, I'm you just. I'm like thinking. I'm processing. Like pondering. Uh, yeah, I'm processing. I'm looking at the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were looking at the time. <laughs> I knew you were. I was joking. <laughs> so um, that's a that's a great concept, and 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 you know the 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 I like the fact of what we brought up. The giving is more than just the money; it's more than just tithes. Mm-hmm. The giving is giving truly giving back to God, and and tithing is just one a, a tithing of of money or income is just one representation of it, you know, because all things come from God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? That's a doxology that we, we, every Sunday morning. Okay. But that the, the tithing and the money is just a one representation. It's everything. It's our time and it's our day. And, you know, we talked about this, um, I think it was last week on last week's episode, we talked about before you eat, you know, and before you make this decision or before you do that, while you're doing laundry, whatever, to to really be mindful of God in everything that you do, you know. You don't have to do deep, long prayers before you eat. You don't have to do deep, long prayers before you do every part of your day. But just throughout the day, be mindful to God. And that's a huge thing. That's a huge way where you can not only give to him, but also to, how do I want to say this? Rebuild your golden goose, (laughs) you know, which the golden goose is your relationship. Yeah. 
So, you know, if your goose is starting to look a little haggard, like if your goose has got some mange and, and losing feathers and it looks like it's kind of been beat up and, you know, run over, you can build your goose back up and in and by giving God your time and your thoughts and your heart. Yeah. Well, think about the greatest gift God gave, right? He's he is the greatest gift giver. Yeah. The greatest gift that he has given to us, to humanity, in all of humanity, throughout all of time, the greatest gift is himself. Yes. He didn't, he, he's not sitting there going, I came to give you this million dollars. Right? I came to give you. No, he came to give us himself because that gift provides us with everything else. It provides us with everything we need spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. It gives us everything else. So as God is the greatest gift giver. And so we can learn something about how he gives and his generosity. And we can learn something about who he is. But the greatest gift to give. And he says he demonstrates it with Jesus on the cross. And God so loved the world that he gave. Right. And uh, and so from that point, we just see that he he literally it's like if you could if if God were ever to imagine, even though, you know, theologically speaking, that's not proper speaking about God. Right. But if he could imagine and sit around and go, huh, what what's the greatest thing I could give to humanity? Well, he is the best of all things. Right. There is there is nothing greater. So mm -hmm. that's what he does. He gives himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that million dollars is worthless if you don't have a relationship. You know, my I always have this saying, like, you can't line your casket with it. <laughs> you can't you can't take, you know, if you're a multi-billionaire, you could be the richest man in the world. But you can't take it with you. There's there's not a U-Haul trailer hitched to the back of the hearse <laughs> you know it, it you it, you know I, right. and i understand like in, to your to robert made the point earlier yes we're not to live in poverty that's not god's plan at all right. god's plan is for none of us to live in, in poverty now what that means that's between each person and god but yeah, there's going to be financial struggles. That's that's one of Robert's key things that he shared with us over the years is that's been a thing in in Robert's walk is is fear of finances and struggles and finances and all that sort of thing. And um, you know, but there's it's just it's more than money. The money's a big aspect of it and how and how but that's just a representation. It's just a representation of, of our overall relationship and giving of each aspect of our relationship with God. Yeah, so imagine if we said, okay, I'm going to give to God what he would like from me. What would that look like in every aspect of your life? Mm -hmm. If you said, I'm going to wrap up my life for the Lord, I'm going to give that to him. How would your day be different? How would you govern your time? How would you govern what jobs you're doing? What relationships you're engaged in? Your entertainment that you're going to do? 
Mm -hmm. Right? You're, the money that you have. Right. See, God speaks into every area of that. Mm -hmm. And so that, that principle is there throughout all of it. Absolutely. Right. And so many people say, well, I don't have time to, you know, read the word or I don't have time to pray or whatever. But, you know, most of us have time to sit in line at Starbucks or whatever fast food place. We have time to sit in line. We have time to, you know, scroll on Facebook. We have time to, you know, go on and read the news headlines or whatever it is, you know. So to say that we don't have time to read the word or pray and have conversations with God, that's just kind of nonsense. Well, you know, we've been saying this all night. When you give, you'll get in return. God gives the harvest. You know, right. people will ask me all the time, how do you have a full-time job and be a pastor and, and go to school and, and do all these things? And I said, because I give time to God and he makes sure I get it back. Mm -hmm. It's, it's you know, it and I'm not saying I am perfect at it. I've got a lot of areas I can improve for sure. In fact, I talked to God a lot about that today, some areas that I need to improve. But when you do give, God will give it back in return. Mm -hmm. Just like we've been saying, press down, shaking together. However, I can't remember how the verse goes now, but yeah, yeah he gives yeah. it back. Yeah, press down, shaking together, running over, pouring over your lap. Yeah, and so here, that's the, that's the thing, right? The question is not going to be what God says, because we know what God says. We know if that's what he says, that's what he means. He's a generous God. Yeah. The question is, do we believe it? Yeah, that's right. And are you willing to let go of that control to let him be in control? Because, you know, I could say, well, I've got to do this. I got to plan this out and I've got to do it all this way. But if I go to God and say, okay, this is what I think. You know, should I see this person? Should I spend time doing this event? And God says, no, then you got to decide, does he know better or do I? Mm -hmm. You always do well to choose God, mm -hmm. to choose what he says. That's right. Yeah. That's kind of the way it goes with every principle, right? Every principle of the Lord, there's always going to be that place where it comes. It's just going to come down to faith. Mm -hmm. Now that you see what it says, it, it always comes down to what is your response to what it says. Right. <laughs> you yeah. have, you got to, it's the same thing, the same two trees that still exist, right? And so you always still got to make that choice. Do you believe? Do you believe what God says? Be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. That's right. Mm -hmm. Kingdom right. Principles, I have a feeling there's going to be an upcoming special episode about it. Oh, man. It might be a two-hour special. <laughs> On Uplift, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because there's, there's, there's at least two hours to talk about. Oh, gosh, yes. I've, that's I've not even enough time. I've already determined that that's what we're doing at, at the, as a congregation coming January. We're starting. We're going to actually talk about those Kingdom Principles. We're going to bring those out. Yeah. The thing just as a reminder, well, wait a second. This is who we're supposed to be. God's raising up kingdom living people. You got to think about the kingdom and how it operates. 
So, yeah. and then you gotta, because you really gotta ask the question, do I believe it? Because what you're saying is if you don't believe it, then we can't justify ourselves. If you don't believe it, you refuse to obey it, and God's telling you to do this. It's just disobedience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. So. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good. So I, I, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a joke. Are you guys ready to hear a joke? Because we were talking about money and giving and these kind of things, but I have a joke about it. Okay. So there's this uh, lady who's who had a husband who was just just a, a mean fellow, but he said, uh, you know, I'm going to put. He he took all of his gold that he had that he had saved up. And put it in the attic. And he just he kept putting it up there and putting it up there and wouldn't let her touch it or anything like that. And, and she's like, what are you doing? He said, I'm making sure when I pass away on the way out of here, I'm taking that with me. <laughs> they keep putting it up in the attic, right? And you had all this. Stuff yeah. there. She said, OK, well, sure enough, time came. He passed away. And she just, she was ready to check, man. She was like, I'm going to find out. And so she went up to the attic. She looked up there and all that gold was still there. She said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew he went the other way. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I've got a joke now. That might be a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to fun. apologize to everyone who's watching for that one right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> These caretakers one day are digging a big hole and bigger than a coffin. And the the younger guy asks the older guy, he goes, why are we digging such a big hole? He said, this is like four coffins. He says, you'll see. So all of a sudden the funeral procession comes in and there's a Cadillac and they got a crane and it lifts the Cadillac up and the, the deceased is inside the Cadillac and you see like these plants and you see a bunch of clothes and, and it's all put down into this big hole. And he said, the younger guy says to the other one, he goes, Oh, I see. He said, he, this is what he wanted to be buried. in." he goes, yep. Some people really know how to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, enough of that. Enough of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna steal Phil Thunder and say, well, we're all we're now having said that, we're about out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are, but <laughs> it was good. It's one of it's like one of Phil's famous dad jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. My kids are so sick of my dad jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know the, the guy who invented the cough drop. He um he passed away and there was no coffin at that funeral. That's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Oh man. <laughs> you know it's bad with the other dad, the other dad in the conversation is like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. All right. Not dad approved. We are gonna, we should have an uplift. We'll have an uplift in the future, right? That said that we just have a bunch of dad jokes and we'll try to break each other. But now, okay. now, now I want to tell another joke. <laughs> okay. Can I, can I do that? Can I tell one sure. more? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say another one after this because this is clearly off topic. But uh, I just need to know from you guys, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Well, the smartest man in the Bible. Moses. Solomon. Nope, it was Abraham because he knew a lot. No. <laughs> okay, that's about it. <laughs> if anybody is still even in in tune with us here, <laughs> that's that's about as bad as saying all the disciples drove a Honda because they all came in one accord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know Rebecca right. smoked. You know how we know Rebecca smoked. Now, this is only for those people who are at least my age or older. <laughs> okay, that's the three of us. <laughs> so we know, you know how we know Rebecca smoked? It says when she saw Isaac, she lit off her camel. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that only works in King James, too. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That joke is only for King James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go off in that rabbit hole, <laughs> talking about only King James. Well, guys, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely ended on an uplifting note tonight. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you have a wonderful one. Yes. Yes. Have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Indeed. And for all of you two as well, Merry That's Christmas. That's right. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Merry Christmas to you guys. Jesus all right, really guys. I do. I, I think we the plan is we're going to be back next week. Is that right? I don't think we're taking any time off for the holidays, or are we? I didn't think so. Yeah, I'll we'll be, be back here. next week. Okay. I'll be here to hear more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week to uh, celebrate New Year's. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.